Like Chris said, this is week six of our series called, and today we're going to be learning a new way to battle temptation. I'd like to give a little disclaimer before I get started, though. I did work last night, and I had about three, hour, three or four hours sleep yesterday because I was finishing writing this message. Um, so the first two times I gave messages, I took the day off before I got myself some rest, so I come in, I'm thinking all clear. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a good idea or bad. We'll find out. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be funny either way. I'm super happy to get my kids to church on more than Christmas and Easter. Um, now I want to start today with uh, talking about a little story. Um, it's uh, about a little temptation that uh, some people very close to me have. I'm going to start this story, and it takes us way back to 1989. Now, some of the people in this room will remember it well. Others may not have been born yet. And just to set the scene, yes, we had computers, but they were nothing like we have nowadays. And not everybody had cell phones to uh, live stream the message that's going on today. Uh, so anyway, about 30 years ago, these two young people were planning their wedding. Uh, they, weren't, they didn't make a lot of money, and uh, they were doing the best they could with their small budget. And when they were just a couple weeks out from uh, this wonderful day, they found out they were expecting a baby. Now right now, I'm sure you're thinking about a different temptation that I'm gonna talk about. But just to clarify, this couple did not go to church. They didn't have a relationship with Christ at the time. They were just two young kids getting started. Uh, and yes, this story is about me and my wife. Well, it turns out just a few months after our wedding, we did have this little beautiful boy and became parents for the first time. Now, Andrew, I'm not sure how many people have met him. He's the only one that didn't come today. <laughs> but uh, he was born five weeks early. And he had some issues with uh, breathing when he was sleeping. He had that sleep apnea thing. And so he was in the hospital for uh, the first two weeks of his life. And I'd already mentioned that we didn't have a lot of money when we were planning this wedding. We had probably less money when we get done thinking about paying for two weeks in the hospital. And uh, when he came home, he was he came home on a monitor. So there's another there's another little fee. Um, and all these things are a little scary for brand new parents as it is on all me without thinking about the money. And uh, by the way, has anybody ever seen a, a baby with an IP in their head? Yeah. That is such a scary thing. I think it's something that only a mother would have the strength enough to watch happen. <laughs> I stood outside the room and waited. Well, uh, two weeks in the hospital was certainly very expensive. And uh, on top of all that, he needed a hernia surgery too when he was just a few months old. Turns out they don't do those things for free either. <laughs> so by the time all these bills came due, we didn't see how we could get them all paid. And I had to make one of the most difficult decisions I've ever had to make. Um, we didn't see a way out of this, how these bills, and so we decided to file bankruptcy. And we, we just thought it was our only way out. 
Now, you might think this could have taught us a lesson about our finances, um, but it's really just a temptation, and those, those things don't work that way. And we were so happy when Andrew was strong enough to come off the monitor and was no longer in pain from the hernia, um, that we wanted to make sure he was always happy. Uh, it was easy to forget about the bankruptcy. We just wanted to continue to make him happy no matter what the cost. And that is where those credit cards came in really handy. Um, a, little, a little more background, he was also the first grandchild on both sides of our families. So he got pretty used to going to the store and getting a toy every time. Uh, we didn't want to be the only ones disappointing, so of course we're going to do whatever we can to get it paid for and we're just charging. Uh, and when I ended up starting a, a new job and making a little more money, you know what happened then? I spent a little more money. I didn't take care of the things I needed to do. Uh, it was so easy to spend more and more. It seemed like just before Christmas each year, we would have just enough paid off on the previous year, Christmas, that we could do it all again. We were so stuck in that cycle that by the time we had all three children, which, by the way, there's a 10-year span from my first to my last, um, so in 10 years, you can create a lot of extra debt. Uh, we had way more credit cards than we started off with, and we even had a couple personal loans. Uh, and we didn't even know how bad it was, but we knew we wanted to fix it. We didn't have a clue where to start, so we just ignored it all as long as we could. By the way, that doesn't work. Uh, if we still feed ourselves and had a roof over our heads, it couldn't have possibly been that bad, right? Well, it became all too clear, uh, not all that long ago, really, um, when my daughter dropped a college course she'd signed up for. Now, it was a mini-master, and it was like, you know, set up for a couple payments. So she dropped the class, and I'm assuming I'm going to get a credit coming into my account. So naturally, I spent a little more than I planned on because I, I'm, I'm getting more money back. Well, that's not what happened. They decided to take out the second payment instead. Now, that should have been a big deal. I should have been ready for that, but uh, we were already living paycheck to paycheck. So when, when, that, when things like that come up, you're not, you're not ready. Now, this created a chain reaction because so many of my bills were set up for auto pays. And uh, I was already getting in the habit of ignoring my checking account because there wasn't nothing there to really do anything with. And uh, so it wasn't until I received the first overdraft notice that I started paying attention to that account. And as I watched all the penalties add up over the next few days, I started to panic. I, I got to <laughs> our checking account checking account got to such a negative number that when my next paycheck went in, we were still negative, still in the red. And just so you know, the, the red numbers in your checking account are not a good thing, like the red letters in the Bible. <laughs> uh, we found ourselves in such a hole that we, we couldn't see a way out. Uh, I was so embarrassed, I just wanted to die. I, I couldn't even tell my wife about how bad I felt. I actually considered just jumping over a bridge. We finally took a real look at what we'd created, and it wasn't pretty. We found that we had 21 credit cards all maxed out. And 
We had just about every kind of loan you could think of, including loans against my 401k. I can't imagine where we would have been without the friends that got us started with this church. Um, where we could find out what God's word said about things like temptation, things like your finance, and, and actually lead us through courses to help us through that. How about you? Have you ever felt out of control and not able to see a way out of whatever temptation you're battling? Have you been out of the temptation that you wanted to get away from? As bad as I want to get away from this one. <sighs> Maybe you do something different. Maybe you watch things that you shouldn't watch on the internet. Maybe you have trouble deciding when you've had too much to drink. Maybe, maybe you eat too much and exercise too little. There are so many temptations to battle that I can't even begin to list them all. I can't even begin to list all the ones that I'm battling, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. And this week, we are in Colossians 3, 1 through 11, where Paul writes to the Church of Colossae, and uh, among other things that he's already spoken about over the last five weeks of this um, series, he talks to them about the possible struggles with temptation. Uh, and God is going to teach us a new way to battle temptation. So if you would turn your Bible to Colossians 3.1, or get on your app and go there through that, or just follow along on the screen. Hopefully I made these right, and we're going to be able to follow them right there. I'm going to read through the entire passage, and then we'll just break it down a little bit. I wish this was like growth group where I could just hand the microphone to somebody else and have them read through this, but I'm going to have to read it, so bear with me. Um, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there are no, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Now let's break this down into just three parts. Uh, the first one is to set our hearts and our minds on things above. Uh, as you can see in this slide, it did, I, I underlined to set your hearts on things above and to set your minds on things above. And I just want, want you to think, what does this mean to you? What does it mean to set your heart and mind on things above? Now I have another little story. 
uh, that I think sums it up for me. I struggled with how to get started with this message. I joked with Russ that I didn't know much about temptation. Uh, but in reality, I just couldn't see myself getting through this message without being too emotional. I bet that doesn't surprise too many people around here. <laughs> um, there was a time when I actually enjoyed writing. Uh, most of the things I wrote would never be seen by anybody, and I was I was really in the church at the time, so I wrote kind of fun little things, even a, a little song uh, that a couple that came to our church actually played in our church, and it was even published in the little church program, which I can't find anywhere, so I, but anyway. Um, I'm not telling you this not to brag, but to show the difference from my childhood to now. I used to love to write, but when it comes to writing these messages, I struggle. The difference is my focus. Um, when I was young, there was nothing to worry about. I, nobody was going to read it, and it was just for me, often to God. Now, these message, messages are going to be heard by all of you. And I get a little worried about what you guys might think uh, if it doesn't go well. I'm so focused on me that it fills my thoughts with fear and doubt. I get so tempted to quit that I make myself sick and get no sleep. The writing goes much better. Pretty much anything I do goes much better. When I set my heart and mind on things above, when I shift my focus away from my desire to succeed, and I give whatever it is that I'm working on to God. I can do so much more when He's working through me than when I try to do it on my own. I think these uh, two psalms kind of sum it up. I think there's a slide of that. There we go. Uh, psalms 121, 1-2. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. <sighs> you would think that God made heaven and earth. Could uh, help you through permission, I think. Now go into that next section where we uh, put to death earthly things. And here it's all about diet and death, but in a good way, I mean, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, is, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. <clears throat> <clears throat> Have you ever struggled with things like lust or greed? I know, I've struggled with just about everyone that's listed in here. Um, have you ever wanted to get away from temptation but couldn't figure out how? Let's look at uh, what Jesus says about this in Matthew 5, 29. Um, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. 
I think temptations like lust and impure thoughts are so very common problems. It's far too easy to turn on your TV or just open your phone and turn on the internet and do a little search and you can find those things that you know you shouldn't be looking at. Uh, those things you would be embarrassed about if people knew you looked at them. Those things that made you feel dirty or empty. Uh, you have to get rid of these temptations and you have to want it so bad that you would do whatever it takes to get rid of them forever. I think a few of us might struggle with greed as well. If you, if you have ever thought you just needed a little more money to fix whatever problem you have or to get the car as nice as the neighbor or whatever, if you spend more time concentrating on the money to, to buy those things that are gonna impress other people and you're not concentrating on the people that are actually in your lives, you might have a trouble having an issue with greed. I have another little story real quick here. And I don't know about you, but I am such a creature of habit. When I'm getting ready for work in the morning, I have to do everything the same way. I mean, every, every little thing in the same order, whether it be putting on my necklace or putting on my watch, it all has to be the same, or I'm afraid I'm gonna forget something. Uh, now sometimes, habits can be good like that, but sometimes they can get me in trouble. Even just the habit of hanging with my friends on breaks at work can lead to temptation. I was a smoker for quite some time. It started off simply by hanging around people who smoked. And I might bum one every once in a while. I still remember the first time I bummed them, we were all playing frisbee golf and you know, everybody I'm with is smoking. So I'm like, hey, let me, let me try one of those. And I used to sneak my dad's cigarettes when I was a kid. So it, it wasn't like I'd never smoked one. So it was easy to slide right back into that. So uh, it started to become a little more often. I was uh, just a sneaky smoker though. For the longest time, I would only smoke at work or when I was playing golf or frisbee golf with these friends from work. Um, then I started volunteering to go to the store uh, or anything I could do to get out of the house for a minute to go smoke a cigarette. Always trying to hide it from my wife and kids, which I mean, they're all obviously. <laughs> Um, that should have been my first clue, right? If you have to hide your temptation, you might want to find a new way to battle it. <sighs> my wife really, really, really didn't like me smoking, so don't talk to her about it. She might be off. And I was often not very nice to her when she wanted to talk to me about it. This temptation had a negative effect on way more than just my health. This temptation of smoking cigarettes might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people. It's cigarettes themselves, maybe, you know, yes, they're bad, but people all overdo it. But, but this thing could have cost me my, my marriage. Um, it wasn't the act of smoking that was a big deal for us, though, really. It was, it was the level of importance that I put on that that was a big deal. My smoking was a bit of an idol. Um, so many things can become an idol if we put them above God. Our children or grandchildren can even become idols. I don't think I have time to go over all my thoughts on that one. Uh, let's just say 
is something I understand better now than, uh, than I did when I was a kid. Well, I finally figured out that I couldn't just try to slow down to give up smoking. Um, just cut down to a couple cigarettes a day, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna control this thing. But it started to control me more and more. You can't make deals with temptation. Uh, you need to put it to death all at once. Uh, that is how I finally quit smoking. So, once you put the temptation to death, now we're on to number three here where we put on the new self. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. Christ is all and is in all. Now this part where it says you used to used to be a different person. Um, used to be this person that gave in the temptation. But now you're different. You, you used to put yourself in situations that would fuel these temptations. You used to rely on your own strength, but now you put your focus on things above. Now you rely on the strength of God. Now you hold yourself to a higher standard and not to make anyone else happy or to make God love you more. God already loves you unconditionally and sent his son to die for you. Uh, that pretty much tells you how much he loves you. I mean, you do these things and get rid of these temptations just to be more like Jesus. Have you ever been so angry with yourself because of how angry you got at someone else? Uh, I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to do, especially when I'm driving. Some dude with a fancy little sports car cuts you off, and I might also have a problem with filthy language in that same moment. Um, not sure nobody got hurt, and I still got to where I was going. But I am so angry. Why, why am I so angry? Why can't I focus on the things above? And thank God that everything turned out okay. Maybe we don't need to gouge out our eyes but we do need to gouge out uh, a certain part of our life. Maybe we need to slow down our hectic lives and just look up to him. If you do have a problem with drinking and you hang out with friends at a bar, you probably need to find a new place to hang out. Maybe a couple of new friends too, but you'll mostly need to look up to him. If you have trouble with porn and it's too easy to uh, get it on your smartphone, maybe you just want to go dumb down to a, uh, a flip phone or get some account accountability software. And once again, you need to look up to him. Maybe you need someone to be your uh, to be your little helper and, and hold you accountable, and someone that would remind you every now and again to stop what you're doing and look up to him. I think 
to help this along. We all need to find our, our own way to really connect with God. What do you think will work for you? It could be silent time alone in your favorite room in the house, just praying. It could be listening to worship music on the way to work and singing along so goofily that your car next to you knows you're singing something. <laughs> for me, it's going for a nice little run or, uh, or just a walk and just being by myself. Sometimes with music, sometimes not. I especially loved it though when I could uh, go for a nice long run sometime between midnight and 4 a.m. Uh, there just weren't any distractions, not much traffic, and uh, it was dark enough that no one would see the tears of God really started talking to me. Now, I don't know where you are today. Maybe you are battling temptation right now, and, and you feel like you're losing the battle. I would urge you to talk to someone, talk to someone like Russ, or just anyone that you feel comfortable with. Maybe you are winning most of your battles, but you still have that one temptation you can't quite put to death. I would tell you to remember that you don't need to do this on your own. You know, look, look for help from others and mostly look to him. Maybe you have put to death your temptations and now you want to put on your new self. I would tell you to talk to Russell about getting baptized and look for ways to get more involved in your church community. Keep moving forward in your knowledge of Christ and becoming more like him. There's a lot of opportunities to follow Kelly, so you can see with anybody about that. Um, now we, we have never been, nor will we ever be perfect. We all have our flaws and our temptations, but when we focus our hearts and minds on our love for Jesus, the only true perfect one, we can become a little more like him. Now, a little bonus bonus subject or I don't know what to call it but anyway I have this little other little story I'd love to share with you so before I close I want to share this one little thing this is a quote that uh, my daughter uh, saw and shared on Facebook along with a little comment that she mentioned me in and uh, now a lot of work went into this because I needed to I needed to find help to learn how to screenshot from my phone uh, I needed to figure out how to email it back to myself so that I could get it on this slide. So I really do feel like I need to share it. So this professional golfer, uh, this is Gary Woodland. And if you do not follow golf, he had, he had just won this year's U.S. Open. Now, this was just last Sunday. So it's a good thing I didn't finish this until to, you know yesterday, right? Uh, it's, that term is always a difficult term. So when guys... It's one of the majors when they win that, they, they feel like they've really accomplished something special. And uh, I just thought his quote really was in line with this message. And so I'll just read his quote and then I'm gonna put my own little spin on it. Gary uh, said, there are going to be bad things in your life, a lot of ups and downs, but the only thing you can control is your attitude. And if you do that, do that. In the end, good things will happen. I think you could also read a little like this. Uh, there are going to be temptations in your life, but the only thing you can control is your focus. And if you focus on things above where Christ is, 
in the end you will bring glory to God. Now the other reason I want to share this is a little bit of a proud, proud dad moment. One of my children <laughs> remembered something I told them. I used to just constantly tell them that there were things that they couldn't control and to not, I don't know, spend their life worrying about those things that they can't control. I mean, she was a, she was a competitive tumbler, competitive cheerleader, so she constantly was in sports that were judged. She had no control over whether she was in or lose. pass off your wisdom to him. This, I don't feel like this was my wisdom. But it had me thinking, where did, where did I get this from? I struggle with this part a little bit too. Uh, I think it came from a time when I needed to hear it most. Um, a, t a time when I was asking God to give me a way out of a very different kind of battle. It was really more of my dad's battle. My dad was in the middle of a battle that was inside his own head. And I can just tell you this, it just made for some very difficult times for his teenage kids. I, would, I wanted out of that so bad that I was fine if it meant in my life would be over. It's kind of funny that even though sometimes um, I blamed God for not taking me out of there sooner, uh, this has been one of the, the aha moments for me where I realized he gave me that mindset then. I now realize that God gave me this mindset to focus on only those things that I could control and then he would take care of the rest. He gave me the courage and strength to do what I could do and the peace to let it all happen in his time. He also gave me the people to surround myself with and help me along the way. So in my closing, I'm just going to remind you to set your heart and mind on things above. To not focus on the you and what you can do or can't do. Skip down. Put to death those earthly things and just get rid of them completely. Put on that new self and just keep growing in your, in your walk with God. Find your new way to focus on those things above and find your God time. Imagine what it would be like if we as a church could all find or experience a new way of handling temptation. If we battle temptation together and help each other through it. Oh, that's all I have. Let's, let's pray. 
Dear Lord, I just want to thank you for giving me these words. And give me the strength to get up here and to uh, anyone that might need to help. I ask that you just guide us down those correct paths. Teach us to steer away from our temptations and steer away from those places where we might be tempted. Steer us towards those people that are going to help guide us. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.